by Riverside. Hello, and welcome back to The Sad Fan, where we talk about the good, the bad, and everything that made us sad uh, from this week. And it was a crazy sports equinox in a way, I guess, because we get the end of the tournament for both women's and men's, and we get the start of uh, baseball season. Uh, we had crazy news out and of the fighting getting sports. down to, like, the nitty-gritty in NBA and NHL. So it's a busy a week. Couple, we got a couple months left in the NBA, right? We've still got to get through yeah. April and May. Well, but NHL is, is there for sure. Well, in terms of, like, before the playoffs, like, there's only – Few games left. Yeah, what is so so? Yeah, but NBA plays into May, right, with their regular season. No, I think there's only there's like less than ten ten games left. Yeah. So we've got so end of April. Warriors are on a winning streak. Blazers are eliminated. Cool. I'm glad we covered both those things. Um, (laughs) Lakers are climbing. Lakers are climbing. Yeah, the the Lakers are climbing. Did you see LeBron's comments last night? By the way. I didn't. Or night before last, because I'm in a different country. Sorry, everyone. Uh, he said, "He said, yeah, I'm glad we got the dub, but overtime definitely didn't help our bodies. Like, we get it, LeBron. <laughs> we get it. You're, you're older old. and work old. harder than everyone else. <laughs> no, actually, we thought overtime was going to be great. It was like getting into a hot ice bath. It makes no sense. Uh, Kraken have been winning, so they got a little bit more cushion yeah. on the wild card. I think they're absolutely in at this point, right? Uh, no, not yet. I think like one more win, one more win, they got it. Because they dominated Arizona, they dominated. The they did like eight, eight to one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very interesting to watch them enter the tournament after their second year. Um, but we're going to start off again with what made us sad, and I think we're all in agreement. It's a different aspect of the women's championship. So as Wes, not to get hamstrung by what made him sad, we'll just start with you, Wes, because you're perfectly valid in what made you sad this week. I mean, I was, I think as I talked about last week, um, I was kind of rooting for Iowa to, and I picked them to win the women's championship. I picked them over South Carolina, which, which they got the dub. And uh, I think I, I think I had Virginia Tech over LSU, but either way, LSU won and then they beat Iowa in the championship, and I was kind of wanting uh, Caitlin Clark to get a ring, um, just because she's such like an incredible player to watch. Uh, so I was I was a little sad there, um, but that's pales in comparison to everything else that's happened afterwards. Yeah. So and yeah. luckily, Caitlin still has another year of eligibility. At least she's only a junior, she so well, right. That's why I was saying at least the one. Yeah. So. Yeah, if she has the COVID year, then yeah, I mean, we're going to see her for at least one more year, if not two. And, you know, who knows, maybe another, a repeat next year. It'll be interesting. I think that's what everybody's, I think that's what all rational fans are hoping for, is to see <laughs> LSU and Iowa again. We'd love to see this turn into a rivalry, because those of us that have actually played sports and enjoy the trash talk and enjoy going yeah. back our competitors in an in what appears to be a totally respectful way from anyone that's ever competed in their life. Like I would fully expect another competitor to come at me the way Angel Reese went at Caitlin oh, Clark. Absolutely. I, I don't want to go too far into that because that's a rabbit hole we're definitely exploring before addressing what Wes said. 
Wes didn't know all the things that happened after the game. He just no. wanted to see Michael Jordan win a championship. That's yeah. all he wanted to see. I, as, as soon as the game was over, like, I pretty much, like, shut off, like, social media. And, like, I – until, like, today, I really had no idea all the mudslinging that was going on. And I'm just yeah. like, why? Why do we always have to get into this? Yeah, why couldn't we just enjoy a great game? Like, because Iowa did – a lot of people don't understand that LSU – blew out uh, appears to have blown out Iowa in the fourth quarter because Iowa made a crazy run in the third quarter to pull the game back into reach. And you're just done. You're just exhausted at that. Point. <laughs> you put everything yeah. into that third quarter. It's like, I don't have anything left. I've, I've left it all out on the court. There's nothing left to do. And LSU appeared to have a better game plan than Iowa did. So let uh, leads us into kind of what, Got you a little bit sad, Chelsea, in the Kim Mulkey front, because it does appear she did out-coach the coach on the Iowa side. Right, and there is absolutely nothing that I have to say about Kim Mulkey that it has to do with her coaching or her years as a player. I think that in terms of her accomplishments, she is she's incredible. I mean, Michael Jordan did give her induction speech into the Basketball Hall of Fame. She is she is well known for her accomplishments. And that's fantastic. But the thing is, and the thing that I think got lost between some of this stuff that, like all the stuff that's happening with the players is that the reason why she wears these ostentatious jackets and outfits is to literally hide the actual crap that has made headlines over the years about the type of person that she is. And she is not a person that I ever want to actually know. She is a COVID denier. She made Brittany Griner stay in the closet while at Baylor because she thought it would be a bad look for Baylor to accept, um, you know, gay people on teams being openly out that people, parents wouldn't want to send their children to that school. Um, did not, would not even write a letter um, of commendation for Brittany Griner while she was in detention in Russia which, you know, is something we have talked about a lot on this show. It was something that we were really concerned about, particularly as her vulnerable status as an out member of the Black LGBTQ community. And she's also has had some questionable responses around sexual assault cases, both at Baylor and LSU. She's just not a good person. And so to see her celebrated in the way she was without any nuance without any discussion of the multiple scandals she's been embroiled in and just focusing on her fashion. Like that is such a cliche thing to do when dealing with women's sports. It's usually, it's never really about anything other than all these sideshows, whether it's the fashion, whether it's the trash talk that just happens to come from a young black girl to a white girl. And that's what everyone's focusing on or, you know, any of the other crap about you know just it doesn't have to everything we have talked about in regards to the women's championship doesn't have to actually do with how they played on the court yeah and i'm so tired of it and there's so many old dusty white men who have just thrown <laughs> their opinions out into you know the public sphere and attacking opinions too they weren't yeah. like Soft opinions. It was, I'm going to go right at this person and we'll give direct quotes here in a bit. Yeah, exactly. And I'm someone who played water polo. Like, 
I've had my nose broken before in games because, you know, the trash talk escalated to a level where I just got the bow straight to the nose. Like, yeah. what you know, just a little bit of hand flashing, I would have been like, okay, that's funny, girlfriend. Like, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> like, I'll get, I'll, I'm coming back for you. But there's no... There was nothing that ever crossed a line with what the players did. I thought that they actually yeah. worked really hard and played an excellent, entertaining game that lots of people were tuned into, and we should celebrate that. Absolutely. But at the same time, like, there should have been more discussion about Kim Mulkey. And I'm really kind of just a little bit disappointed in the broadcasting companies for not mentioning any of that at all, even though I understand a lot of her positions are a lightning rod in this country right now. So, so I'm, I, I mean, like I probably didn't do our, our company a big service when I called Keith Olbermann out loud, uh, a bleeping male appendage head. Uh, but <laughs> he was, and here's the thing. I was getting irritated because everyone went right at Dave Portnoy, who we all know to be, a, which I'm costing us probably another bag. I'm costing us probably another possible outlet that could pick us up if we continue to gain popularity. Whatever. But you know what? I don't know that I want to work for such a douchebag like no. Wes said. <laughs> I'd, and, I'd be out in a second, honestly. So, so we're so used to that company doing stuff that's racist or coded um, and it's, it's funny because everybody in Boston's like, Hey, don't, we're not them. Like, don't, don't really, but you get Boston. I mean, you keep producing these people like the guy on the radio show that literally called Mina Kai, Mina Kimes, a nip, not even the same race, by the way. And, and then he tried to say, he was talking about the little bottles, Boston, you keep doing this. I'm sorry. Like, I know this, that's old news because we move at hyperspeed now. But Boston, you keep doing this. You keep saying some racist stuff and being like, we didn't mean to be racist. At some point, you're the boy who cried wolf and you kind of meant to be racist. So with Dave Portnoy, we're used to it. With Keith Olbermann, when he said that she was a bleeping idiot, or what a bleeping idiot, pardon me, was his direct quote. I was so mad because he's such a respected journalist and he's he's been a pillar of human rights for a long time and for him to have such a, a a blind spot here where he doesn't realize what he just did it it is yes yes chelsea as you said it screams old white guy <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um because it screams out of touch but also to see everyone go in on dave portnoy and then keith olbermann and be like oh no keith why why no go right at him like what he did was dumb and i'm sorry uh, I know I was causing a stir when I was calling them kids. So we'll call them college kids, college kids, 19, 20 years old. And you call one because Angel Reese is a sophomore who's probably worked her whole life against people like Keith Olbermann that are saying things like this to her her whole life because she's too black for them to be able to appreciate her and her greatness. She, I thought she demonstrated class, by the way, in her press conference saying that she was doing this for all the women that look like her for all the little girls that, that do get this inflammatory language hurled at them and do get called uh, names when they're celebrating, doing the same thing as the young white players or young white girls are doing, which is exactly this case. She just did exactly what Caitlin Clark was doing to Louisville, literally the game before. Yep. And you have a lot of people trying to defend an indefensible uh, attack on what was a great game. And, 
who happens to be Angel Reese in her own right, should feel overlooked. She did amazing things this year. She didn't make the uh, all-NCAA team. She didn't make the all-NCAA second team. She wasn't looked at as one of the great players in this year's tournament, even though she was. So, hell yeah, I'm going right at the queen if I know myself to be a great player as well. Why not? It's like you said, Chelsea, competition. And we need to stop turning, like Wes said, what was a great game into what didn't need to be a race war and then saying, well, we don't know why it's a race war, white people. Yes, you do. White people, you started it. Because you couldn't just celebrate the LSU team for being great because they were too black for you. And that's ridiculous. I mean, I have nothing to add there. You've really, like, you've really summed up a lot of the issues with it. And while... You know, I don't think we should be canceling everyone. Go ahead and cancel a day party because <laughs> this is not his first his first rodeo, and he's done, just done this way too many times. Like, yeah, absolutely. If I come in with a garbage take, and all of a sudden I get just you know tons of people telling me I'm an idiot, I'm take that moment and be like, you know what, I I really did, I screwed up, I stepped in it, turn it around. Yeah, and that's what Keith Olbermann should be doing. And he yeah, did. you're right. I want to be fair to Keith Olbermann. He actually did release a statement apologizing, stating he he was misinformed, which is just the most annoying go to that they always do. Like they always, yeah. Like that just reads to me like not genuine, like completely disingenuous. Like it's it's PR one hundred and one. I was misinformed. (laughs) Well, he said he didn't realize that like Caitlin had done it like the game before or whatever, and so. Yeah, but he, I mean, like, know, I didn't either. I, I didn't either. I didn't know Caitlin was doing the John Cena. You can't see me earlier in the tournament. So, yeah, like, are we really surprised that a great player trash talks? Well, no, no. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I not, like that's not something I really pay attention to. Is like what gestures people are making Even, on the no, court. No, no. Hold on, like, let's be really, like, this is really why, clear like, here. I, no, hold on. This game so much better before today. <laughs> even if Caitlin Clark did not do this in the game before, it should still totally be fine for in the last minute of the game for Angel Reese to be like, huh, I've got mine. Like, we're going to enjoy won. it. Yep. I, we're counting down the seconds now. Like, I'm going to celebrate. Let her have it. Let her have it. Because yeah. no one was calling Caitlin out for doing that the first time. Yeah. So we, if it was if it was her first time, like being like, "Hey," and there was no, it wasn't like a mirroring of an action a player did before. Like it should have just been nothing. This should have been such a not, nothing burger completely. And stupid people just had to get in and start talking about it. I want to touch that there. Let's this first of all, stay off of social media. Let's key in on the apology. He never apologized for the verbiage that he used. That was what bothered me, was you called a college kid who is celebrating in probably the best moment of her life. You, someone who is looked at and respected in your community, decided to use the verbiage, what a bleeping idiot. Apologize for that, for the way you said it to a college kid. That's just celebrating. That's exuberant. That you're just envious of her youth. Okay, <laughs> and you're envious that you could never be as cool as Angel Reese is right now. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm sorry, Wes. We ruined the championship game for you with all of this. Thanks. But it, it was it was immediate. Like when I when I woke up and I got on to see what's going on, what the feedback is. It was just immediately kind of like you felt today. I was like, man, really? This is the storyline. 
not LSU crushing it and being totally underrated throughout the tournament and no one expecting them to win and then going out there and getting it done in every single game. It's it was wild, including like Wes said, going out there and getting it done against Michael Jordan. Um, you said something, Chelsea, and I said I wanted to readdress it, and I just because I'm stuck on that verbiage that Olderman didn't apologize for, I totally lost my train of thought, That's so right. I apologize. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the men's tournament and the seating. Wes, talk to me about how irritated you were with UConn seating, with Miami seating, with the UCLA seating. Well, so UConn was criminally underrated. So they were number one ranked in Ken Palm's uh, rankings, which is like consistently like touted as like some of like the most, I think like accurate, like when it comes down to it at the end of the year, I think there's like the overall like offense and defense of like the teams who have won it has always been like within like this like certain group of teams. And UConn, the entire team or the entire season, they had been like top 10. They had one bad stretch in January over a couple of weeks where they like lost like five out of six games. They just like played like trash. But other than that, they lost like two games out of the rest of the, out of the rest of the season. And they should have been a top two seed. Um, instead, they were a number four seed. I mean, UCLA should have been a one seed. Uh, Houston should not have been a one seed. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but yeah, it was just, it's terrible seeding. And again, this is just another example of why, what happens when you have a bunch of old dudes picking out. <laughs> that aren't seating. actually watching all the games. They're yeah, just, just picking your seeding. Yeah. Just, just looking at the names. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like the college football playoff, you know? it's Yeah. Yeah. The, the tournament picking a selection process is really, really odd. And I've seen some articles on it. I haven't read about it in a while, but it is. Really bizarre, guys. Like, if you ever want to go down a rabbit hole to figure out like how <laughs> these are actually how the seating works, it's strange. It's it's right up there with, as you said, uh, the college football playoffs. Yeah, Just but uh, different polls, different rankings, different <clears throat> measurements, taking different weights. It's so stupid. Yeah, I was I was a little disappointed with the final though, because um, it wasn't very particularly close at all, and. Uh, a <laughs> yeah. Okay. More than a little. It, it wasn't particularly <laughs> close at all. And um, yeah, the I mean the San Diego State game that was the or the San Diego State FAU game that was insane. I was I was watching on my phone, and like I was like kind of half paying attention, and then they just like hit the game winner out of nowhere. I was like, Did you feel crap. bad for FAU? I felt was bad it? for FAU in that moment. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> but I was like, Hey, you're a nine seed and or an eight seed, whatever they were. And I was like, you made it this far. Like, there's... That's crazy. Yeah, like, there's nothing to be sad about. Like, you made the Final Four. Not many schools can even say they made a Final Four. <laughs> That's very oh, true. Yeah. That's they have the... one. They have one Final oh, Four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Come on, <laughs> get your head in the All game. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's, it's interesting it's... because a lot of people were also thinking FAU was underseated. The FAU, lots of people weren't paying attention because of the league they were in, but FAU was yeah. really good all year long. Well, yeah, but at the same time, though, you have teams like Gonzaga and Houston who typically get overseeded just because, like, they play in a crappy conference and they dominate the conference. And yeah. then, like, they just, when it comes down to it, they usually choke in, like, the Elite Eight, Sweet 16. So, so overall, did we like 
this tournament, the women's tournament was phenomenal. I don't have to ask there. Mm -hmm. The women's tournament was great in every level. But did we actually like the men's tournament or were we just all tuning into the men's tournament? I mean, it had a bunch of crazy upsets. Yeah. Like, but when we look back and we talk about the reseeding. I mean, I don't like upset. it because my bracket <laughs> sucked, but. <laughs> so when it comes to like actually watching the game, I just get so frustrated that yeah. this is the only league where games are played in-house. Women's college basketball doesn't do it. I've never even seen a high school team that's played in halves. It's always been quarters. It was quarters at my like little youth ball YMCA league. What is going on in the college universe that makes college men's games two like two halves instead of quarters? Like it makes no sense whatsoever. And I'm it is quarters. Just it's just two quarters. <laughs> they never finish a game. Yeah, they always exactly. get half. <laughs> Exactly. It's just, but, but Frank, you were saying something that when you said it, it kind of clicked and it made sense. Like it keeps, like it slows down the game a lot yeah. and really just pulls the excitement right out of it. And I think the longer that I've gone and watched, you know, college basketball and NBA and all of it, I'm not as excited for these, for these games anymore. I, I kind of only just really want to watch the last like four or five minutes of a game. And the women's just tournament was so much more exciting. Yeah, it really was. It was so I much like better. Was going on. And also, <laughs> in terms of the broadcast too, I find it really annoying that the broadcasters this year more so than I've ever seen before during timeouts, during like in between quarters and everything, were pulling the coaches aside and having full blown conversations and interviews with them instead of letting the coaches go to their teams and discuss with them. And yeah, usually there's kind of like a throwaway question, like as a football coach is going into halftime or coming yeah. out of it. But this was like full blown conversations and it just felt really detracting dry, but like, cause they all said the same thing, like, Oh, we'll just turn it around. I mean, that's what every coach does. Yeah, we're gonna go into half. We're gonna we're gonna look at the tape. You know, we're gonna we're gonna regroup and we're gonna come out here. You know, when they're getting all the boards, there's not much you can do. We got to get something in these guys. We got to get the fire going so we can go up against them and get those boards. And I think that's really what's gonna lead to some points on the board. Which is more than they were honestly saying, like in these interviews. It was. It was terrible, but they were holding them there for a couple minutes each time. And I just felt like that detracted so much. And even like, especially during like a timeout, like <laughs> what, what are we doing? Uh, I love what you said there. Yeah, you're right. I, I do think it, it dragged. There's our, there are teams that take advantage of this, like the Virginias, the San Diego States, even Miami to a certain extent that will drag a game into the mud because they know they have that half the super long shot clock, and they will just drag the game all the way into the mud and make it super slow. So I'm with you. They need to, they need to go to the quarters because the women's game was amazing and how fast-paced it was, how technical it was, how exciting everything was. And I think that's what MLB is doing, right, Wes? They're trying to speed up their game and yeah. pull it out of the mud. Yeah, so I went to a Mariners game last night, and let me tell you, it was a lot more exciting than I've ever seen in baseball for a long time. Uh, so the the new uh, pitch clock is 
So it's 15 seconds with bases empty. It's 20 seconds with runners on base. And basically, unless a runner advances on the bases, the pitcher can has like two, um, two opportunities for them to step off. And that includes like trying to pick somebody off like at first okay. base or whatever. I was so question in the production yeah, meeting. Yeah, so if, <laughs> yeah. They, if they try to pick somebody off more than two times, that's the ball, and the runner advances. So the the pitcher gets gets the, gets what? the base. Yeah, and this is so the, yeah, the runner. So like, if they step off or whatever, because like they <clears throat> like for whatever reason they step off, they need a second. That's one, and then if they throw it to first or something to pick somebody off, that's two. If they do it again, the runner gets a base, unless. Unless like the the runner or whatever, unless like someone steals the base or the the pitcher or sorry, not the pitcher, the batter advances and then it kind of resets that like two. Okay, so they the get these, they get these two chances per each batter. Essentially. Okay. Okay. I was yeah. kind of wondering how that worked. This is crazy because I did not know that this was happening at all. Uh, I have been like, Lah, after the Astros one, because I hate the trash throws. Um, but we all do. yeah, this is, this is nuts. And I feel like this is such a change to the game that I'm really surprised. I haven't seen anything about it because pitchers are like the most weird, weird. I, they've got to be one of the weirdest position players of any of the major sports because they're so in their heads and they've got like their own like little rituals and you know i don't know what they're doing what they're thinking but yeah the superstitions it's just so strange and so to yeah. see that like this is being completely eliminated is the pace of the game faster yeah absolutely yeah i, I mean, mean i would assume yeah like it's it's shaving time off by like 20 minutes a game and it's like, if you're like, normally when you're at the ballpark, you know, you're just like sitting, you're BSing with your friends, yeah. you know, you get up, you grab a beer, you grab a hot dog, whatever. And you really don't miss much. Like now, like, I mean, if you look away or something like that after a pitch, like the chances are you're going to miss the next pitch because it's going to happen within like 10, 15 seconds. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm surprised that this isn't just like an extra innings rule. But that it's for the whole game is what's kind of nuts. Yeah, the entire game. They're trying to change okay. the culture. Yeah. They're trying to speed up the game. They're trying to bring new fans in. Yeah, they're trying to compete with NFL and NBA now. <laughs> you know what but, the average age demographic is for the MLB fan? It's very old. Yeah, it's like between 45 and 55. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it. Yeah, it's just that it's, it's... All those old white guys, like, in the stands <laughs> with their clipboards still taking manual notes and stuff. Taking a manual scoreboard? Yeah. yeah. Like in Fenway Park, the manual scoreboard at the back where they still hang. <laughs> I, I yeah, so the, when, I was, when I was growing up in Eugene, like we would go to the single A baseball team there, the, the Emeralds, and there were always like, every time I went, there was like always like the same like group of like dudes or whatever that would sit behind no. home plate and they would just like... Ladies. Have, it was oh, yeah, old that... ladies. It, there were no men. That was the craziest thing. It was only little old ladies who sat there very diligently marking their like special custom made every ball, every strike, every error. It was 
And I'm like, nice. what are you And they still that? found time to like quilt or crochet or something like that in between. <laughs> we used to call them they were uh, crazy. stat girls is what we used to call them. Stat girls. Uh, <laughs> probably have like, to change that. They probably what already do, you do with all those stat sheets. Like you keep them in a box in your house until you end up yeah. on orders. Everyone knows your house ends up on fire because <laughs> you have so much paper. I went to hoarders. You went to death. <laughs> <laughs> I never said death. I just said house on fire. <laughs> yeah. No, they probably just made little scrapbooks or something real cute. I don't know. They were right. they were always very interesting people. But what yeah. I was going to say, Chelsea, is have you ever seen the movie Major League? Sorry, with I get Charles. all these baseball movies confused yeah. from the nineties. Is it the one with the girls? No, playing? so so no. that's um a league of their, league own. Of their own. Okay. Yeah. See. Major League is with Wild Thing with um Charlie Sheen. I know I haven't oh, seen Oh when you were talking about the rituals and all the superstitions, I always think of the movie Major League because oh. like when they go into the clubhouse, they all have their superstitions, like one guy's like meditating in front of his like yoga troll and he's like talking <laughs> to the troll and everything like that and then they have got like the asian player from overseas that like has all his rituals and stuff and it's it's so funny because every time people <laughs> talk about rituals and superstitions i immediately think of major league um but it was opening weekend or opening week pardon me while we were off and there was a i think we should end on this note there was a proposal that went terribly wrong chelsea what happened so a guy just jumps over in the railings, makes his way out into uh, the outfield at Dodger Stadium, gets down on one knee, and then all of a sudden through the the stadium loudspeakers, you hear, wait, what song was it? Why did my mind just blank? What was the song? I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to the song. I don't I'm know. so sorry. There was a very funny song in the background. It wasn't Bad Boys, but it was something. it was something along those lines. But all of a sudden, like, a couple security guards just come trucking out the sides of the field and just, <laughs> like, take the guy down with the cleanest non-NFL tackle I have ever <laughs> seen in my life. Like, they just brought him straight down. I think the ring was lost. They couldn't find it. Like, but we still just don't, at least I didn't see because I'm off Twitter these days because it's just a cesspool, as we discussed earlier. <laughs> but um, I, I didn't see that what happened. I never heard about the girl, whether she said yes or no. I didn't hear about. That was my was, retweet. The guy was arrested. That was my quote tweet. I was like, well, what'd she say? Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't heard. So now I'm just kind of like, was this guy just a fool trying to get some like public, some like fame, internet viral moment or something like that? And there was no girl up there. Because that's where my like crazy little conspiracy <laughs> mind is going. I'm like, there probably wasn't a girl up there. He was just like with an empty box. Proposing to like some random like section of the stands. Was was it Euro trip? The girls never came, man. The girls never came. <laughs> that's like that's that's Chelsea right now, where she's like, <laughs> where was the girl? The girl never came. The girls <laughs> never came. <laughs> They never show like a girl being like, oh my god, no, nothing. Like, if anything, it's just a bunch. Of, they showed a bunch of people in the crowd, really confused and looking around. Yeah, like is this everyone's cutting fingers? Yeah, I think that this was like some guy trying to go viral. <laughs> like that's all it was. I don't I think mean, it was an like, actual is this part of the show or. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's it for our show. No one's going to get speared here. No one's going to drop to one knee that I know of. Uh, so, <laughs> you're next. <laughs> we will we will pick up the WWE UFC merger next week. We will definitely talk about it. I know it's something that Wes has a lot of information on. So, and it's something we've gotten into in the past with with Wes and I as far as WWE going to Dubai. So, we're going to talk about what this means and is it just another release for I'm sorry to say it, it's a theme of this episode, old white guys that do terrible things to go and hide and run their businesses. Thank you all for being a part of the show. I know this was a, a bit heavy of an episode, but I think these are heavy topics that need to be talked about. And they shouldn't just make us sad. They should make our fans sad. So thank you to all you sad fans for continuing to listen. Thank you for understanding why these issues are so important to talk about. You can reach us at the Sad Fan Cast, the Sad Fan 12 on Twitter, and you can find us at the Sad Fan Podcast Network on YouTube. Thank you.